0: Hey guys, this is Amber Dunn with Amber Dunn Ministries Podcast. You don't want to miss some of the stuff we're gonna talk about. I'm coming at you live from my bedroom in Lupin, Texas. That is right, Big L represent. Listen to this music to start you off with some funky music. Let's go. Tonight I want to talk about leadership and what that Looks like the world's view of leadership is so much different from a biblical perspective of leadership, right? There may be some of the same characteristics or qualities expected or required of a leader, but I want to look up what leader actually means um, and then, like, in a worldly standard, um, and then we can look at um, what God expects of us and from us as leaders, right? We're to be held to a higher standard, right? So, leadership, according to the new Oxford American Dictionary, is the action of leading a group of people or an organization. I'm going to dive a little bit more into that, see what else is found. The state or position of being a leader, uh, the leaders of an organization, country, etc. Um, an example is a change of leadership had become desirable. So, what do we often look for in leadership? I've been taking an INO psychology class, um, industrial and organizational psychology, and what you find is many people look for people who are very charismatic, people who stand out and have initiative and innovative ideas, um, who will lead others in the same excitement, right? Um, you look at it from a workforce point of view and there is, um, a morale that comes with that and a sense of pride in one's work. When your leaders show up, um, expectant of great outcomes, or they show up expecting a lot out of you, when they've actually they're not just telling you, like, do all this work, it's work they'll actually do, you know, and that's what makes a good leader is someone who will say, you know, let's, let's do x, y, and z, and they actually put that into practice. And they Um, for example, they're going to clean toilets if they ask everybody else to clean toilets. Okay. The bottom of the barrel, whatever, they're going to do those same things. They're not just going to tell their employees to do these things and expect that out of them. That to me is what makes a great leader, right? And a worldly standpoint and standard, um, is leaders should lead with integrity, um, People want to have trustworthiness in leaders and honesty. And some of these things are very biblical in nature and will kind of cross over um, in a biblical sense of there's so much trust put in leaders, right? So many people have been hurt by so many church leaders and not just church leaders, church members, whatever it may be. A lot of trauma has been done to people in church in the name of God, but we have to remember um, not to minimize people's experiences, but to also realize that people are humans, they make mistakes, and that even as leaders, we, um, we do have this huge call in our lives. Everything we do affects people, whether negatively, negatively or positively. We have to realize people shouldn't be put up on a high pedestal because there's much farther to fall. But also at the same time, We've got to make sure that when something wrong is being done, we call it out for what it is and we don't become complacent, that we call it out in the name of Jesus and cast whatever's being done wrong, especially in cases of abuse or sexual abuse, that it is called out for what the, the wickedness that it is. And then um, that we get law enforcement involved and then do the, the godly thing, which is to protect the defenseless, right? Um, and to protect the voiceless and to stand up for what is right Um, trustworthiness is something that people really look up to leaders for. And unfortunately, as humans, we're going to disappoint people. And, um, as a pastor's kid, I understand that greatly. I've been a youth minister. There have been times in my life where I've disappointed people, not necessarily even in moral issues, but, but just not being who they wanted me to be. Some were unrealistic expectations that were set on me, um, in youth ministry and and just a lot of hurt was done even to me. And so people have to understand even church leaders experience a lot of in the background scenes um, of hurt that we don't always talk about. And uh, so you can get hurt on, you know, behind the scenes or, or just showing up to church. And, and the thing is, is when I walk, I have to remember this all the time. When I walk into a church, it becomes imperfect. And that's what we all need to remember. When you and I walk into a church, it becomes imperfect, and when we think that that it becomes holier because we're there, then we've got a major pride issue, and we got to get our heart right with with Christ. Now we are called. Let's get back to leadership. We are called to live, um, you know, to a higher standard. God holds us to a higher account. Why? Because we are shepherding people and leading people where either closer to Christ or away from Christ. And if we're leading them away from Christ, where are we leading them to? Oftentimes the, the pit of hell itself, even though it's paved with good intentions, right? And so, um, and you could say, how's that paved with good intentions? Well, we, you know, maybe don't speak the truth in love. And so we push somebody away from, from even coming to know Christ. Now, they'll answer for that as well uh, if they never accept Christ. But we have to realize that we played a role in that too in pushing them away from Christ, right? People will find, and I can say this for myself, I've done it before, will find any reason to reject Christ if we can, right, as a cop-out. But we have to understand that people are looking to us for guidance. They're looking to us, um, not that we should be their hope, but they're looking to us to point them to hope. And His name is Jesus. And so we have to be so careful with how we live our lives, what we post on social media. Um, are we living a life full of integrity outside of social media and and outside of the church building, right? Are we actually... Um, walking the walk or are we just talking the talk? Because today's generation, we, I'm a 29 year old, right? We don't want more coffee shops. We don't want um, the smoke and lights and cameras in action. And that's nice. That's great. Nothing wrong with that. But we want Jesus. That's all we want. We want Jesus. But we've been served on this platter. Like, like you open up this platter and it's like smoke, camera, action. Everybody has to perform. And it's almost as if like, like where is Jesus in this whole picture right and so um but back back to leadership we have to be careful not to not to forsake like the the important things right and not to get caught up in what's trendy and and there's nothing wrong with with um with the way that we actually you know, do ministry as, as, you know, for lack of a better term, um, it could be a larger church. And so there's more resources to actually, um, use, you know, you know, smoke, I don't know, a fog machine or lights or better cameras to produce better quality, um, sermons online. And that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. But what is the heart behind the intent? Right? So you could have a small church that has none of that doesn't have it in the budget, but, um, but there's no holiness present right and so that's just as equally wrong as a church that has all the funds to you know promote um the gospel and yet they've got a heart that's impure as well toward the gospel and their hearts in the wrong place and full of uh, vanity and arrogance and so it doesn't matter if it's a small church large church um but people have we have to remember this people have been greatly hurt in church often by people. We've all been hurt in church, but we have to realize church is a place for the sick, right? We are imperfect people knowing that we need a perfect savior. And although even as Christians, although we have a perfect savior and have a relationship with him, we are still in the flesh and we make so many mistakes. And it's why it's important for community to hold us accountable, especially in leadership. When there is no accountability there in leadership, um, a lot can go wrong. There can be a lot of, um, a lot of sin that goes unchecked, right? A lot of heart motives that go unchecked. And then we lead people astray without even meaning to, right? So we have to be really in tune with the Holy Spirit and really have a group of people around us who also minister to us, because it takes a lot out of you to minister to others, but not have people to minister to you. And so it's important to look up to godly, wise counsel and to um, be able to bounce ideas off of them and bounce things that are in your heart, whether pure or not pure, you know, off of this, um, <clears throat> off of their heart as well, um, when they may be at a better point in their walk with Christ. So they can call out the uh, the sin in our lives when we don't always want that to be heard, right, because um, uh, it's it's hurtful. but we need a good sounding board, right? So even for leadership, we need a good sounding board. People need to be able to trust us and, um, we've got to really at the end of the day and really when we wake up guys really ask why are we doing what we're doing what are we just doing this ministry thing to serve ministry and make that our God are we just serving others to make that our God or is this really truly for the Lord and sometimes there's a time of rest that's that's needed respite care and we need to take a step back on sabbatical and and take a a look at the bigger picture and really um get well, if that makes sense. So I'm going to go through some scripture here on what leadership is. Um and, and this is one that I'm like, dang, this like really calls us out, right? It's Luke chapter 12, verse 40. It says, everyone to whom much was given of him, much will be required. And from him to him, they entrusted much. They will demand the more. So, um, with great power comes great responsibility in Spider-Man, right? Uncle Ben. Um, It's a, it's a huge quote that everybody knows. I feel like even if you live under a rock, you know this quote, right? With much power comes great responsibility. Like the more you are given, the more God gives you and entrusts you with the more, the more that will be demanded from you. So I've heard so many pastors say this and, and, and preachers is, is that if we aren't even willing to show up and serve in the, in the small like stacking stacking chairs, right? How is God ever going to to bless us in the large? So your ministry, you may feel God has called you to a large stage, and it's not that you, you're in it just to be on a stage to speak to thousands of people, but maybe in your mind, in your heart, you feel God has always called you since you were a child to go and preach the gospel on a huge stage, you know, maybe passion conference or whatever it may be, these huge conferences, and that may not be God's plan for your life. Now to preach the gospel, sure. Yes, but it may, may not be to the scale that you expect it to be. It may be a room of 10 people who faithfully come there and they just want to know more about Jesus. Right. And it's, it's Jesus always left the 99 for the one, right? He didn't actually just leave them like forever. Like it was temporary, right? He walked away from them to go find the one, to bring the one back to the, to the flock And so we have to understand that, and I'm going to read this again, everyone to whom much was given of him, much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. So God is expecting a lot out of us here, but we can only do so with the Holy Spirit's guidance and with 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 Jesus being the forefront and for like this the center of our heart and our mind and our goal. What is our goal? Is it to get on a big stage or a small stage and be heard and seen and our, all of our opinions to be seen and heard and oh we're right. I'm so right and everybody's wrong. Or is it because you want to tell people about a loving God who who came to to heal the broken and the sick? who came and brought myself, who was dead spiritually, right? Living in my sin, apart from Christ. My father was not Jesus before. In fact, Jesus many times told people, your father's the devil, right? For us who were lost, Jesus was not our father. We've been adopted into, into the family of faith. And so that's a really big smack in the face sometimes to think my father was Satan before. My father was not Christ. And Jesus adopted me and he, he chose to pursue me and to run after me. And when we really put ourselves in this state of mind and just spiritual thinking and sitting there and going, Wow, God actually loves me so much, no matter what I did, like He pursued me with this patience and this grace that sustains. But but when there's more, when there's more um, as far as leadership goes, when God builds that ministry that he's, and and you don't have to be in a leadership position to to be doing ministry, so to speak, right? You could be a teacher and that is your ministry. I think we get so caught up and I've done this too. I'll I'll never be satisfied or feel fulfilled in the Lord if I don't actually get to preach on a stage one day. And that'll just never, like it has to be ministry specific. It can't be, has to be a ministry, career, job, whatever, um, directly, specifically labeled ministry. It can't be just being a teacher. I feel like that's just not enough. And that to me was like, I was like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? <laughs> what is the point, Amber? Like, come look into this mirror of your heart and let's check. Let's check and let me chisel away those those pieces that don't need to be there. Because if you're not even willing to maybe, you know, uh, say I call you to be a doctor and, and maybe that's not what you want to do, but it's something that I'm calling you to and and you don't even think that you can minister in that way, then how could I ever entrust you on a stage? <laughs> You know, it doesn't have to be ministry specific to be a ministry calling. And we so often get that wrong. Like if I'm not on the worship team and and I haven't been on a worship team in forever, and I felt for the longest, I'm just not doing what God wants me to do. And I'm just not being who God wants me to be. And it was like, he had to silence me. Just Amber, be quiet. And he had to slow me down. I went through a time of great illness. And I I'm not saying God just made this happen to me, but he slowed me down and he allowed it for a purpose to humble me right? If anything, we should see our pain as a reflection of what Christ is trying to do in our lives to slow us down, to point us back to him. It's not that he's doing it to hurt us. He's allowing it for a purpose and to grow us in the ministry he set before us. And sometimes we are not equipped with what we need, but he equips the called, right? Matthew chapter um, or chapter 20 verses 26 through 28 says, "'It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant.'" And whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Man, we can look more contextually at that later, and I might break off um, a separate podcast uh, specifically on uh, episodes, specifically on Matthew chapter 20, and just break it down. But when we look here, whoever would be great among you must be your servant, And whoever must be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man. So Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. Whoa, what does that mean? That we've got to serve and humble ourselves? What what does this mean? What does this look like? So we need to humble ourselves as Christ did to come to serve, not to be served, right? And there are times when we need to take breaks. Um, from ministering to other people so that we can be ministered to. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, is if the goal is not to serve them, what is the goal, right? To be more Christ-like, we must what partake also in the sufferings of Christ. And that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. And it makes no sense. Why would I, Jesus, why would I do that? I can't do that. Yes, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Strengthens us. So we can face insurmountable odds and things that look impossible because Christ lives now inside of us right and so many people do not reach their full potential in Christ and they don't grow in their walk with Christ because they're they're not discipled it's they don't want to be discipled it's scary because you know we've we haven't really taught people that you should be discipled not everybody who's a follower of Christ is a disciple right and and I see this every day and I've been at that place in my life where we we need to be discipled yet if we do that how what are we going to have to give up what is the cost right we have to lay our own lives down We have to serve and not be served. We have to look like Christ and partake in His sufferings. That's not very attractive for a lot of us, even as Christians. It's not very attractive. We have to be honest about this. Is it attractive to think that Lord, I'm going to have to take what I'm going to have to take part in Your sufferings? What does that look like? Oh my God, what I've I've lost so much already. (laughs) Like, do oh, I've been mentally just torn and ripped apart, and emotionally and spiritually and physically. Like, does that require the rest of my life to be just a hell fest? Like, to live like You. And and no, that's not what God necessarily means, but life is not going to be perfect, and it's not going to be easy, even in forms of leadership. In fact, as a Christian, first and foremost, we should expect more troubles to come, right? But it doesn't sound attractive, and so a lot of places won't preach that, and we need to preach the unadulterated word of God, the truth, the truth in love. Paul says this in Ephesians 4, the church of Ephesus, write this letter, chapter 4, verse 1, therefore I, Paul speaking, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. How many of us are not leading a life of discipleship? We're remaining stagnant because it's too scary to grow, or maybe we we were never taught. Maybe you were never taught how to be discipled. And so you don't know what's really expected of you. You just walk down the dial, say the sinner's prayer. Maybe you were saved. Maybe you weren't. It just depends, right? Because only God knows the heart and you know your heart. And, and the heart is very deceptive, though, above all things. So you got saved. And then what? You know, people didn't follow up with you and disciple you. And so you don't know any better. And so I'm here to let you know discipleship is important. It's important to grow in our walk with Christ and grow closer to him. And if we're not growing in that, we need to be concerned. Doesn't necessarily mean we're not saved because, again, that's between us and God. But we might want to consider what's going on, what fruits are being produced, and then what do I need to work on? Am I convicted by the Holy Spirit? Do I feel um, conviction when I hurt the heart of God or hurt others because that breaks the heart of God, right? Right. Um, but Paul is just urging us other translations say, I urge you, I beg you, I plead with you to lead a life worthy of your calling. So, so God's got such a huge plan for our lives and it may not look like you think it's going to look like you may not be on a stage. Like I said, in front of thousands, it may be 10 people who show up and you get to, it may be people at your work. There's, let's just say it's a small business. There's 10 employees, mom and pop shop. You get to walk in every day and live the gospel out. And that's a huge responsibility. But know that only God can change people, that you're there to love them. You're not there to judge them or hurt them or, you know, change them. You are there solely as a, an ambassador of Jesus Christ to speak truth and love into their lives. And honestly, we have to earn a place in people's lives to be able to speak some truths from the Holy Spirit, right? Um, and so I'm going to speak a little more to leadership and then I'm going to get off of here. But I wanted to keep this kind of short, sweet and simple. Okay, Um, so we're going to skip over to Proverbs 11, verses 1 through 14. Says this, The Lord detests the use of dishonest scales, but he delights in accurate weights. Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Honesty guides good people, and dishonesty destroys treacherous people. Riches won't help on the day of judgment. But right living can save you from death. The godly are directed by honesty. The wicked fall beneath their load of sin. The godliness of good people rescues them, and the ambition of treacherous people traps them. When the wicked die, their hopes die with them, for they rely on their own feeble strength. The godly are rescued from trouble, and it falls on the wicked instead. With their words, the godless destroy their friends, but knowledge will rescue the righteous." The whole city celebrates when the godly succeed. They shout for joy when the wicked die. Upright citizens are good for a city and make it prosper. But the talk of the wicked tears it apart. It is foolish. It is foolish to belittle one's neighbor. A sensible person, or this wise person, right? A sensible person keeps quiet. A gossip goes around telling secrets. But those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. Without wise leadership, a nation falls. There is safety and having many advisors. So there we're talking about wise leadership. Who are you getting your leadership from? Are you, have you been put in a place of authority and leadership? Has God blessed you with that? Because you've been faithful in the small and now he's blessing you with the the greater and you're in leadership. Know that it is a serious task with great power comes great responsibility, right? So, um, we need to realize this. There is, there is safety in having many advisors. So you need wise people around you, a wise counsel. This is why we look at like deacons in a church or elders, right? To come up alongside us and go like, this isn't right what you're doing, man. This is, what are you doing? Like, let's get back on task. Let, what is your heart? Let's, we're not there to attack each other. We're there to build each other up and edify each other. And, and the Bible is very clear. Judgment starts in the house of God. What does this mean? It means that the God's sick and tired of people using his name to hurt other people. And God is coming to clean out his church. You know, uh He's coming to tell us like I've I've had enough of this debauchery. I've had enough of this using my name in vain. I've had enough of this, you know, going up and not leading with Christ-like leadership, but loving yourselves is more than other people love. Loving yourself is higher than God. Leading with pride and vanity, and and separating the wheat from the terror, and God is just on this move, you guys, and He is clearing out the the fake followers of Christ from the true followers of Christ, and it's it's painful because especially especially when this is happening from people we look up to, right? And and not always that they're they're lost, but they're they're they've strayed away from Christ. And so I don't believe in loss of salvation because Jesus came to pay the price once and for all for us as sinners, right? And so um, to say that there's loss of salvation means that the blood of Jesus is not good enough. I believe that the blood of Jesus was good enough to cover our sin past, present, and future. However, we cannot, as Paul says, take advantage of the grace that's been given to us through Christ. So it is, it is wise to have godly counsel As leaders, we do need some respite. Sometimes we need to be ministered to as well by wise, godly, solid people in the faith. We all struggle. We all struggle, guys. We all struggle. And we all have our own vices and temptations and and things from our life before knowing Christ that, that peep their heads up, right? But it's why it's important to be honest with good, godly people who will hold us accountable so we don't hurt others, ourselves, and the heart of God, right? So pay attention to this. Pay attention to this. What is your heart? Are you wanting to get up and be right? Or are you wanting to truly lead people to the goodness of God through Jesus Christ who has saved us from our sins, saved us from death, and brought us to eternal life forever? The author and creator of life, Jesus Christ. What is your motive? What is your heart? Leadership is so important. And we often take this for granted thinking, oh, well, I can do whatever i want when i become a leader and we let this not all of us but at times we've got this this god complex that can arise and we have to keep our hearts in check with the holy spirit guys it's a day-to-day thing moment to moment thing we really need to be around other people who love the lord and call us out on our garbage that we're living in right and then realize that everything you do affects other people so again i'm going to close with luke 12 48 because i just love this i've, I've said it before but i'm going to say it again to close off everyone to whom much was given of him much will be required and from him to whom they entrusted much they will demand the more so god i just pray in the name of jesus christ that we would live a life worthy of the calling that you've given to us to know that we need to be faithful in the small how can we ever expect you to move in the large if we don't let you move in the small god we decrease so that you can increase. Get us out of the way, God. Let us put aside our pride and our vanity to really not want to be right anymore, God, but to want to live in righteousness and a life full of righteousness to realize that at the end of the day and and at the end of life, it's going to be me and you, God, standing face to face and nobody else can hold an account for me. And so just humble us, Lord. Humble us as the church, as a body of Christ, not the building, but the body of Christ. And then let us step into that 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 great responsibility, with full confidence in you, knowing that you will equip us with all we need by the power of Jesus. Lord, that you will equip us. You will prepare us. You will guide us and you will lead us with discernment. God, keep us close to you. We only need be still. God, we love you and we praise you. Save anyone who doesn't know you today. In the name of Jesus, we love you, God. Amen.